Psalms 23. Uh, we'll just read all six verses if that's okay. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. And he leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup. Everybody say, my cup. I don't know about your cup. My cup. God, I feel the Holy Ghost in here this morning. My cup runneth over. I don't care if yours runs dry. That's on you. My cup. I'm having to, I'm having to drink from the saucer because my cup has overflowed. My cup runneth over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's thank the Lord for his word today. Could we do that? Thank you, great God. church say amen. amen. You may be seated. Now, I don't do this very often at all. As a matter of fact, it's a practice that I tell people that are leading service don't do. Like, don't call people out in church because I don't like embarrassing people at all. Unless it's my wife and kids that let me pick on them. And now my mother-in-law because she's here. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you something. And I mean this from the bottom of my heart. These last few weeks, it is so good to walk in the back door and see Jason Cook in the house of the Lord. It's so good. My Lord, every time I walk in, I just thank the Lord for answering prayer. I thank the Lord for hearing our hearts. Jason, we love you. It's so good to have you home. Thank God that you're in the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. I know you're glad about it, Justin. Your old dad come to the house of the Lord. Now he's putting pressure on you. You got to be here every time. Ain't that right? <laughs> and I'm going to tell y'all whether you know this or not what the glue is that holds all that world together. And that's that precious woman seated right by him, Sister Carolyn Cook. We give her great honor today. I'm going to tell you, I've seen that woman be faithful when it wasn't easy to be faithful. And I'm not saying that to embarrass people. I'm pointing out God honors faithfulness. There's been a lot of tears shed for her children right here in this altar. And I thank the Lord they're here today. I'm going to preach to you with the help of the Lord. 
today from this simple subject, the proximity principle, the proximity principle. Now, before I preach my little kindergarten Sunday school sermon, I'm going to tell you what happened. Yesterday, I had to MC at a concert that is a, a fundraiser for uh, Indiana Bible College. Years ago, I'll, I'll go as fast as I can. Years ago, a family connected this church, brother and sister Curtin, a pastor in Goshen, Indiana, very good friends. Their daughter, Bethany, was killed in a car accident and uh, was going to IBC. She was a senior, was going to go to IBC, and Lauren was already there, their other daughter. And so Bethany passed away in a car accident, and so they do every other year a Bethany Curtin Memorial concert that IBC Chosen and Praise, uh, which is Lauren's, my Lauren sings on Chosen. Uh, they sing that, and they've asked me to MC that a few times. I helped preach Bethany's funeral. And so I knew yesterday was going to be a long day when I got up. I had to MC that concert in Indy. I had preached Friday night in Lawrence at a rally. What I did not know is how long my day was going to be yesterday because I wasn't sure that I was ready to be a dad to college kids, Sister Doris. But I went to that concert yesterday, and my beloved Lauren came up to me batting her eyelashes, and she said, Daddy, can I invite a few of my friends from school to come over to the house tonight and hang out? Whatever you want, baby. How many do we have? Huh? Twelve? Besides her? Knocked on my door between six and seven o'clock last night. And at ten o'clock last night, they were still at my house. <laughs> hanging out. So I knew yesterday was going to be a long day. And it was great. We had an amazing time. Laughed and cut up. And watched and listened and ate good. Ate cheese dip and pizza. Y'all hungry yet? We did health food. And uh, so yesterday morning when I woke up, I knew I was going to have a long day. And I was thinking about what I was going to preach today. And uh, don't let this be weird. But like one of the only quiet places in my house is the shower. So I was standing in the shower getting dressed, and I was thinking about preaching today. And I had Psalms 23 on my heart. I was going to preach today on Psalm 23. And then, just randomly, while I'm thinking about what I'm going to preach, the Lord laid uh, my dear friend and brother and elder. I love the word elder because he's getting old. That I respect Brother Jimmy Tony on my heart. So I got out of the shower and I was going to share with Brother Tony what the Lord was dealing with me about to preach today. Brother Tony pastors in Gainesville, Florida. He's getting I hope he sees this because he's getting ready to come preach for us. And uh, Brother Jimmy Tony came to my heart and I sent him a text. And I started it with Psalms 23. And then I was going to explain what I was saying. And he, he texted me back and he said, what's this about? Because I'm sitting in the airport in Bangor, Maine, right now, flying home 
He said, I'm on my way home, sitting in the airport right now, typing my notes out for tomorrow on Psalms 23. I said, well, elder, the Holy Ghost. (laughs) I started talking to him a little bit about what the Lord was dealing with me about. And then he decides in that moment to play the big trump card on me and send me his thought. And I'm going to tell you, I feel so feeble in my attempt to preach the word of the Lord. But what he sent me was so good. I'm not going to preach it as my sermon. But I am going to preach enough of it that he can't preach it when he comes here. (laughs) And so I'm going to just preach to you this little text that I got from Brother Jimmy Tony. I I woke up this morning and this junk is on my phone when I got out of bed this morning. Are y'all with me? Now, this is going to be good. I want you to worship like this is my thought, but I'm giving him credit today. This isn't mine. I should have done this last so it makes mine look better, but I shall not want. He maketh. He leadeth. He restoreth. He leadeth some more. I walk through the valley. He prepares. He anoints. Listen to this junk. Notice. He does everything except control my want and my walk. Verse 6 says, I will dwell. Listen to this. When your want and your walk is right, your destination is secure. There's a lot of things that God can do for me, but he does not control or manipulate my wants and my walk. If I'm going to be with him, it's going to be because I want to be with him and I want to walk with him. Come on, somebody. I want it to be crystal clear today that the reason why I do what I do and live the way I live is because I want him. Nobody makes me live this way. Nobody's holding a gun to my head. Nobody told me I had to come to church this morning. I'm here because I want to be here. I walk with God. I feel the Holy Ghost. I walk with him because I want to walk with him. He is so good. Okay, bring it back. It wasn't that good. Bring it back in. Thank you, Brother Tony, for sharing your heart. I don't know what they're hearing today at Pentecostal of Gainesville, but I got an idea it's going to be good preaching. Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. And he leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. Here it comes again. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. This chapter is written from the perspective of a lamb and shepherd uh, relationship. 
that the Lord is leading him. The Lord is leading David. Wherever I go, the Lord is leading me. He is before me. He is walking in the path that I must trod. His goodness takes me to green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. And there he is restoring my soul. There is something so powerful about understanding the leading of God. There have been times in my life that I look back on and I see the goodness of the Lord. I think everybody in here could agree that if you're going to serve the Lord, you're going to have times where there's green pastures, still waters, restoration. These are the places that God leads us. His powerful hand leads us and guides us and directs us. And I'm thankful for the times in my life that God has gone before me. This is such a beautiful picture. He leads me in the paths of righteousness. Somebody say that with me. He leads me. He leads me. These are the times in my life that I'm walking and the Lord is leading. And I don't have to have a lot of thought. I just, Lord, wherever you lead. Now, sometimes we use this as a, as a cheap, cheap phrase, just waiting on the Lord, whatever the Lord wants. That's true. But you got to follow. And the, the value in this is that if he's leading me, that means I'm following. And I can't ever get those two positions mixed up. Because that's when I really start going astray is when I start telling him, where I'm going to go and how I'm going to make this happen and how this church is going to grow and how my family is going to do this. That's a dangerous place to be. I want to tell you today, I still believe in him calling the shots. I'm still all right with him leading me. But as the Lord leads me, I, I, this, this is so elementary to understand. But when you see, I get the picture, not just of a lamb and a shepherd, but I get the picture of a daddy and a little, a little child. And the child is learning to walk. That, that child will walk with you. That you will hold their hand. But then as they grow up a little bit, you kind of lead them. I don't know how, how many of you have ever noticed this, but it's amazing how kids sometimes just line up like little ducks in a row. They'll go from tallest to shortest. And they'll get behind their leader, their, their mom or their daddy, and They'll walk and you see them going through a store and there they are. Just perfect little ducklings leading behind. Now I know all of your children are perfect. Some children don't walk in lines like that. Some of them scream, yell, lay in the floor, kick, holler. Sound like an old man, but if you'll give them about three or four days with me, they'll walk in a line. We'll work on that just a little bit. I sound like my wife now, don't I? She cracks me up. Oh, I can't handle her. Uh, Brother Elvis over there trying to give me his granddaughter. I know better than that. That little blonde head thing's precious. And she didn't get it from him. That's for sure. But, but when, you, when you see the Lord leading, this is the picture that I get. He's out front. The Lord is directing. And wherever he goes, it's just where I go. It's in the wilderness when they woke up every morning. 
they throw that tent flap open. If the glory cloud is still hovering in one place, that's where we stay. But as the cloud begins to move, we, just like David with the shepherd, for 40 years, wherever the cloud went, that's where they went. His proximity to them was that he was out in front of them, leading them, giving them direction. He was ordering their steps. He was walking with them in the wilderness, in front of them leading. There's times in your life that God is out in front of you and he is leading you and he is ordering your steps. And you don't give a lot of thought to where you're going. You just go where he says to go. And you do what he says to do. Thank God for the times in my life that the Lord is out in front of me and he's leading me and he's guiding me and he's directing my steps. Those are amazing seasons. And it does take faith to walk and follow after him. Don't you ever let anybody tell you that you are dumb and silly for just following blindly after God. The scripture calls that faith. If he leads me, I go there. The just walk by faith. It's a walk every day. It's faith every day. He's leading, so I'm going. Well, you're a dummy. You don't know where he's taking you. I can tell you this. Wherever he's taking me is better than wherever I was taking me. Wherever he's leading me is better than where I was leading me. Is there anybody here that's tried it on your own? You've tried everything you know. You've tried every way that you know. But where he's leading is always best. These are precious times. He's my shepherd. He's making me lie down in green pastures. He's leading me beside still waters. He's restoring my soul. He's leading me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. But there's a shift in the fourth verse. In verses 2 and 3, he's leading me. He's out in front. He's taking care of every step. Just come with me. Come with me. But in verse 4, there's a shift. I've come to preach it to you this morning. He said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil. Watch the proximity shift. He's not leading me. He said, for thou art with me. God has changed positions from leading out in the front to now I'm in a place where he can't just lead me through this. This is the valley of the shadow of death. These are the times where I wonder if I've been forsaken because I don't see him out front anymore. I wonder, has he stopped leading me? I wonder, has he stopped giving me direction? Anybody ever been there when you've prayed and it felt like heaven was closed for business? You have prayed and asked God for direction and the heavens were brass. And you are absolutely consumed with the thought that just yesterday you were leading me beside still waters. You were leading me in paths of righteousness. But today the clouds have hung low. And today I'm in a dark season and I don't see you out front anymore. And you start wondering, have you forsaken me? God, where have you gone? I prayed and you didn't answer. 
I prayed and asked you to heal, and you didn't heal. And now I'm standing here at a, at, at, at a funeral that I thought you were going to heal somebody. Where have you gone? David said, it's so powerful for you to understand the proximity principle. When he's leading you, that means he's taking you places. But when you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, it's going to take something on your own that you're going to have to make up your mind when you go in. Even when I cannot see him and when I don't know where I'm supposed to go, I'm going to walk by faith. I love the way he said it. He said, yea, though I walk through. This is not going to last forever. It's the greatest trial I've ever experienced. But I'm going to come through this. It's not going to last for always. But I'm going to come through this. This sickness is not going to be there forever. This weakness is not going to be there forever. This mourning is not going to be there forever. Ladies and gentlemen... I know the devil's told you it's over and that this thing is finished. But I want to remind you, he still gives us beauty for ashes. Strength for weakness. Mourning, he turns it into dancing. Sorrow, he turns it into joy. He'll do it. But you got to endure some storms. I love it when he's out front leading because I just walk. But what do you do when he disappears? You know, Lord, this would be a really, really good time for you to just lead me right out of this. Yeah, but do you realize what kind of character you're developing right now? When I look back on things, I realize what I was really praying for in my life was not help. And it was not his presence. I was praying for the ministry of extraction. I wanted him to take me out of the trouble. I wanted him to take me out of the valley of the shadow. But David said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Folks, he did not say evil wasn't present. He just said, I'm not going to fear it. I do not have to fear the things that are present. Why? Because his proximity changed from leading me. And now that I couldn't see him and I wondered where he was, David said, now I know thou art with me. You were leading me through green pastures. But now that I'm in a dark season, you weren't satisfied to just lead me. You came back here and you got with me. You are walking with me through the trial. You are walking with me through the fire. I want to tell you Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, a little bit ago he was leading you to righteousness. But now that you're in the fire, he is with you. I know it feels like the trial of your life. And I know you cannot see him. But where you cannot see him, you can always feel him. Because he is with you. For thou art with me. God have mercy. You know what that means? Yeah, it means fear has to go. Not necessarily. He just said, I'm not going to fear evil. And this is what he said. Even if evil is with you. 
He is with you. He didn't say you'd never be hurt. But when he is with you, he is greater than the hurt. God, I'm going to preach this this morning. He never said you wouldn't be depressed. But when depression is with you and he is with you, he is greater than the depression. When doubt and confusion are present, that's fine. But when he's with you, he is greater. He is greater than the doubt and confusion. He didn't say your heart would never be broken. Because broken hearts come. But when your broken heart is with you, and he is with you, tell you folks I've had times in my life where I have seen some of the most powerful expressions of God that you could imagine I've seen blind eyes open I've seen deaf ears open I've seen the dead raised on a couple of uh, different occasions in my life I've seen God do amazing things I've seen crippled people walk I've seen a lot of it right here in this very church Seen people throw crutches down, throw walkers down. I've seen God do it. But I'm going to tell you what else I've seen. I've seen people hoping that God would answer. And the answer we got wasn't what we wanted. I've seen God lead us through some of the most powerful things. Lord God. I've seen people get up out of that baptistry, come up out of the water. Their mouths are bubbling when they come up out of the water in Jesus' name. They're speaking in tongues before they ever get up, get oxygen out of the water. Holy Ghost. And I've also taught Bible studies for 13 weeks, 14 weeks, 15 weeks. They never get baptized. Come on now. I'm talking to you about the realities of life. Well, Lord, I guess since you're not doing any miracles, signs, and wonders, you've forsaken me. I guess, Lord, since you're not leading me through the green pastures anymore, I guess you're done with me. And this is where the enemy starts working on the lies in our minds. The pasture's not green anymore, so I guess he's gone. Nope. The pasture's not green because you're not in the pasture. You're in the valley of the shadow of death. And you're going to have to walk through this. If you sit down and quit, you're never going to know what's on the other side of the valley. God, help me today. I'm I'm reaching for somebody today. I'm reaching for somebody in here that's been weary. I'm reaching for somebody in here that's tired of fighting. I'm reaching for somebody in here today that feels like you've done everything you know to do. Well, it may not feel like much encouragement, but let me come on this Sunday morning to encourage you and tell you, when you don't know what else to do, just keep walking. When you don't know what else to do, just keep standing. When you don't know what else to do, just keep being faithful. Why would I do that, Pastor? Because he is with you. I've had times where I felt like he led me to church. (laughs) I just wake up and it's like, whoa, Lord, I'm going to the house of God. Just feel it. It's like, can't wait to get there. 
And then I've had other times, just being honest with you, where I'm like, oh, God, I want to go be in your presence, but I don't want to have to deal with some of the stuff I've been having to deal with. You understand what I'm saying? I know y'all never thought that because you're all perfect. I'm like, God, I don't, I don't mind going today, but I don't want to preach to one person about encouragement because I'm discouraged. <laughs> and I don't really feel him leading in. It's just like, sometimes I feel like God has a sense of humor. Just being honest. Because I'm over here, I'm over here telling him, and I'm going to give you a Bible for this. But I'm over here telling him what I can't do. And he created me. So he knows everything about me, in and out. Shortcomings, faults, failures. God, I'm just not equipped to do that. And he's going, <laughs> I know what I put in you. Look, Moses is talking to God. Y'all with me? God says, I'm going to use you to deliver. Moses is talking to God, saying, I can't talk to them. I can't talk to Pharaoh. God said, you're talking to me. I am not equipped to talk. Well, you're doing a pretty good job right now. Are you hearing me? He knows you. He knows your frame. He knows the end from the beginning. He knows the struggle. And he knows how much you can take. But just because you're having to take it doesn't mean he's forsaken you. He is with you. Must hurry this morning. But I want you to understand that the presence of the storm does not mean there's an absence of him. Come on, can I preach this little principle to you? Well, I guess if he loved me, this storm would go away. Take note of the scriptural pre uh, uh, reference and the picture of how this is being painted for us when it said the storm was there. And they got frustrated. This is his humor. They got frustrated because the storm's beating the hawk out of them. And he's sleeping. Are y'all hearing me? Water, waves coming around. How dare you? How dare you be at peace when I'm in a storm? You ain't hearing me this morning. Who do you think you are to be at rest while my world is crashing? I'll tell you who I am. I'm the master of the wind. And I control the wind and I control the waves. But you've got to learn to control you. That is self-control. I have, uh, I've had some days where I've been blessed to be in the sunshine, sand between my toes, 
And I didn't hate the ocean on those days. It was a beautiful place to be. My wife and I, my kids, we were on a vacation one time with uh, Joel Willis and his family. We were on a cruise. We were out in the middle of the Caribbean. And they decided that was, the Lord decided that was a great week for a hurricane. Now, I can just tell you, there can be worse things to do in a hurricane than eat steak. It really wasn't that bad. I was on a cruise. It was rocking just a little bit. There were people vomiting some. But we were eating good. You know, my point to you is nobody feels like quitting when the sun's shining and the sand's between your toes. The only time you feel like quitting is when it's bigger than you. And that's when you've got to learn the self-control. That if I could have fixed it, it would have been fixed. But I can't fix it. So now I've got to get my focus on fixing and get my focus on staying because he's with me. And if I'll survive the storm, I'm going to have some character developed that I didn't have before this came. And I know that he is with me. The proximity of his closeness. Oh, God. He went from leading me out front to now when I'm in trouble, he is with me. Are y'all with me this morning? But then, he said, you prepare, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runneth over. These are all good things. If I had time, I'd preach all of them. That table in the presence of your enemy. I'm as, I'm as anointed in the presence of my enemies as I am when they're not there. You understand what I'm saying? I don't have time to preach that whole thing, but I'm just telling you. They can't stop you. Your enemy can't stop you. If the devil could stop you, you'd have been stopped. If the devil could have killed you, you'd be dead. Surely goodness and mercy. Oh, this is so powerful. Notice the proximity. Out front leading. Valley, he's with me. But now goodness and mercy have changed positions. And they are following me. Are y'all with me? He was out in front leading me. Then when I got in a dark season, he came and stood with me. But while I learned, Lord God help me right now. But what I learned while he was with me has now matured me to the place that he can stand back with goodness and mercy. And say, go ahead, son. I see you learned the lesson. Because the only place your feet are pointed after you came through that valley is the house of the Lord. Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Now, goodness and mercy, they can follow me because they know I learned my lesson in the struggle. 
I learned my lesson while he was with me. And goodness and mercy can follow me. Because the only place my heart wants to be is in the house of the Lord. I didn't get mad in the valley and leave. I didn't get mad in the valley and throw in the towel. I didn't get mad in the valley and quit. I came out of the valley and I learned a few things. There's no better place to be than in the presence of the Lord. Let's stand together. I want to close today with what I started with, if I may do so. I shall not want. He maketh, he leadeth, he restoreth. I walk through the valley, he prepares, he anoints. Thank you, Brother Tony. For reminding this soldier this morning that he can control everything but my want and my walk. But this is what I know. If I want him, he'll walk with me. He'll walk. Oh, God. He will walk with me. I'm here. I'm here reaching for somebody today that you have felt forsaken. You have felt alone. You have felt abandoned. You have felt like all the trouble came and all the chaos came and God just disappeared. He's not far. There's a proximity principle that when I need him the most, he's not going to be out front leading me. He's going to be right here beside me. He is with me. I'm going to issue a challenge this morning and tell you you may feel like you're a million miles from him right now but if you'll take a step of faith out into that aisle and make a step towards his presence right now you're going to realize he was closer than you thought he's walking with you right now would you just reach out and touch